You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Well, hello, everybody. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to Episode 61, Advancement Despite Adversity. Well, it is great to be back from the summer break. I had a great summer, a very busy summer, but it was good to take a break from the weekly grind of the podcast. I enjoyed it, but it was a grind. And so after a good break, I'm excited to be back. And with this episode, um, if you notice, we're episode 61. So even though this is season two, we're not going to go season two, episode one. That just gets too confusing. So for this episode, uh, we are talking with Jordan Barry. Jordan is with Alpha, and uh, I'll let him introduce himself here in a moment. But we talk about how to capitalize on the new COVID ministry landscape for the sake of the gospel, specifically with Gen Z. So enjoy this conversation with Jordan. Jordan, man, thanks for hopping on the podcast with me today. Uh, in my first episode back from my summer break, I'm glad that you can join me here in the podcast. So if you could give our listeners a brief introduction about who you are and your ministry. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm, uh, my name is Jordan Berry. I have been in youth ministry for 12 years now. Um, I actually currently work for Alpha USA as the national director for Alpha Youth. So I get to oversee Alpha Youth for the United States. And basically, I just equip and serve the church, youth pastors, youth ministers, anyone leading in the youth context around the country on how to help this generation discover and develop relationship with Jesus. Awesome, man. Love it. Very important uh, work needs to be done. You know, that's, that's a big reason why I certainly joined National Network of Youth Ministries and writing for you specialties is we need to equip yeah. the leaders of this next generation uh, as well as the students, for sure, but make sure the leaders feel equipped and resourced and supported. Yeah. 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 What you guys do matters, okay? If you hear nothing, just sit here. This, what you do matters. So yep. stay in it. Stay in the game. I was actually just chatting with another buddy of mine, Wayne Morgan, who also works for National Network Youth Ministries. And I was like, man, there's such a shortage right now of youth ministers. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's just the pandemic just punched us hard. And so anyway, for every yeah. listener, what you do matters. Stay in there. We're with you. We're for you. That's right. And it's an exciting season. Like it genuinely is. And we'll get into that, I'm sure. But yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, it's um, it's exciting. It's it's complicated. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's for sure. <clears throat> it's uh, de- definitely for everyone, wherever you are, I feel like in the gl- on the globe, uh, it's is it in the globe or on the globe? I never really know what to say. Uh, I guess we're all on the globe, but in the world anyway. Uh, so you get a little bit of Jeff Squirrel rabbit trail there. Uh, so, so for this episode, uh, we're talking about the opportunity to use this new COVID ministry landscape, right? As we're talking yeah. about as leverage to reach and invest in the next generation. Uh, yeah, so it's hard to believe that it's been 18 months since COVID hit. And then sometimes it's not hard to believe. I feel like time and the passing of time and how we mark time, it's just been this weird 
fluctuation. Uh, I feel like some seasons just drag on and then like six months will go by like that. And it's like, whoa, we're already, you know, I saw a meme from uh, Captain America 2 where Sam's running and it's like still processing 2020. And then Chris Evans is coming up behind him. It says 2022 coming in four months. It's like, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. I feel that. I feel that gift for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Gif, gif. So Jordan, let's start off with a question I like to ask all my guests, um, particularly those in ministry. How has the last year and a half been for you? And what was the immediate impact for you personally when COVID hit? Yeah, sure. Well, I was one of the feels like millions of Americans who moved in COVID. Okay. <laughs> so I, I lived in Arizona for a bit. Really? And yeah. Where? Yeah, those... Where in Arizona? West West Valley. Um, there's okay. A, there's a little there's a little city that no one knows about called El Mirage, Arizona. Oh, and I know about it because no I'm way. From, I'm from Phoenix, bro. What? Yeah. Are you are you know El Mirage? Oh, of course. I have a friend <laughs> who lived there until he moved to Waco. What? Yeah. Okay, Jeff. We're gonna be we're gonna be great friends, man. Oh yeah, dude. you're like the only person I've ever chatted with that understands <laughs> and knows El Mirage. They're like, what? El I do Mirage? know El Mirage. Yep. You mean the Mirage? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Anyway, I lived in El Mirage um, for a bit, and I, I was a volunteer youth minister there. I was helping a church, um, a local vineyard church called Reveal. Super amazing church. Really healthy. Pandemic hit. Everything had to go online. And it was wild. And it was crazy. And it was tough. It was really, really tough. Like, we were just about to launch something. And gained some big momentum and then COVID hit and it just like squashed dreams and, and it just felt like it crushed momentum, but we ventured into the online territory. We actually ran out for youth online, um, which was in itself a new thing for me to try to do. And, uh, and it went really well at the same time. It was like, man, this is crazy territory. Like there's a lot of hurt, a lot of like questioning, a lot of needs. Um, for both the leaders, parents, students. Um, and then we ended up, you know, during that year, deciding that we actually needed to move back to the Midwest to be closer to our family. Cause my family, um, my family originally lived in the Chicagoland area. That's where I actually was a youth pastor for, I was there, a youth pastor there for 10 years okay. in Naperville, Illinois. Um, so my family's from that area. And then my wife's family is from Michigan. So we came back and moved to Holland, Michigan in the middle of the pandemic to be closer to family. So yeah. So COVID was, man, you felt the, the kick, mm-hmm. you know, for the stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, you watched as <laughs> friends of yours in ministry fell apart, <laughs> which was really hard. Yeah. And, yeah. and you watched like the church kind of go through a little bit of identity crisis. Yeah, um, definitely. And I, I would say this though, like the the upside of the downside, downside being COVID that, that happened, the upside of it, like how's God making this and turning it into something good? You know, if we can even, if, I don't know if that's too soon, but how is God using this moment? I, I have seen youth ministers everywhere catch a breath and finally say, we can't go back to what we did before. Mm. it's almost as if youth ministry has been the reset button has been pressed. 
we all kind of knew in the back of our head it wasn't really working, but we just kind of had to like keep marching. And we all now, I've heard so many conversations, it's not working, we need to press reset. And now all of a sudden we're having these, I think, meaningful conversations around why do we do what we do and what is best for the faith formation of young people long-term. And so now the church really is kind of exploring it and it feels like they're leaning into like, how do we build, how do we rebuild for the future? And I love it. That's, there's a beautiful upside in that because now we get to say, okay, we're going to rebuild together because we all were like thrown into the same circle. COVID hit, went online, that had its own ups and downs, you know, and now we're in the stuff like, well, how do we best rebuild for the future? Mm-hmm. And, and what I'm finding too, is that Gen Z has all sorts of challenges, but Gen Z has tons of potential, tons of potential. And um, anyway, yeah, this was my COVID, you know, and, and as I'm trying to learn things and lean in, it's like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm also rediscovering this deep reliance on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And someone would be like, this is like, well, either the Lord is in charge or he's not. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's too simple. You know, like that, that's, that's, that's too simple for me. It's like, well, either the Lord is in charge or he's not. And for me, I'm like, okay, like, how do I now become more reliant on the Holy Spirit? How do I be more reliant on the Lord to do what he said that he would do, that he would deliver on his promises, even in the midst of a crazy COVID crisis season, you know? So, yeah. okay, you asked what happened in the last 18 months. I just kind of went, but it's been, it was, it's been a great growth for me and my family, but it also has been really eye-opening to where we as the church have maybe have missed yeah and and what we need to do now moving forward yeah for sure for sure man and i think what you explained there in your answer you know just seeing your wheels turning and processing is i think an overall uh perspective to kind of capture what we all went through is you know when you hear maybe a recap from a mission trip and say, you know, we went to build houses for this people group and they're poor and they can't afford much. And it makes you realize what you take for granted. And we talk about, you know, first world problems like, oh, my my Wi-Fi isn't powerful enough to reach to the other end of the house or all this kind of stuff. And so then yeah. when, when, when COVID hits, I don't think any of us realized it was possible for really everybody on the planet to experience, hey, we're going to lose the ability to interact face-to-face, all of you, like that. And it's like, oh, wow. And just all of us are now on the same page. We're all in the same boat. You know, uh, I when I wrote one of my articles about how this has changed youth culture. It's like, you know, instead of having to think back to when we were in middle school and high school and trying to relate to our students, now we're in the same boat of hardship as they and their parents and everyone else was going through. And we have to react in real time and be able to say, well, here's how I'm processing it. And it's really hard. How about you? What's going on? And uh, what's ironic, one of the ironic things is, you know, when we're with our students, most of the time, unless we say something, 
they're just looking at their phones, their faces down, they're scrolling. And I kid you not, two days into the first lockdown here in Dallas-Fort Worth, I had several uh, moms, youth moms, text me and say, my kids are already burnt out on online stuff and they realize that they need face-to-face. And I'm like, if that isn't the most softball home run analogy for why we were created the way we were created for in-person real interpersonal community i don't know what is is that a generation who has only known technology and grown up with it and that's how they basically function in life 48 hours into not being able to have in-person relationships they realize that this isn't enough yeah. It's like, yeah, that's kind of what we're always trying to tell you. And even more than that, we have to, as you said, you know, trust that God is in charge. And when you realize, okay, God's in charge or he's not, then you have to realize, okay, am I going to buck against that? Or am I going to lean in and depend on God since he's in charge and realize that he knows best? Mm-hmm. And for us as, as ministry leaders, volunteers, whoever we are and working with youth, even more so than probably ever before in most or all of our ministry, our students and parents are looking at us saying, how are they reacting? How are they moving forward? How are they modeling for my son, for my daughter, what it looks like to follow Jesus and really trust to really be dependent in this pandemic and this totally uh, landscape shifting uh, a yeah. huge moment, you know? And so, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's personally hit all of us and it's made us had to have to really think on our feet about how we are doing ministry. Episode two yeah. of my podcast, you know, over a year ago now was pandemic ministry. And it was me mm-hmm. talking to one of my, uh, good buddies in ministry. And we're talking about, Hey, when we were teenagers, if this had happened, how would youth ministry have happened? And we highlighted how technology was, a game changer and how we're able to do things that we couldn't, but always emphasizing that it doesn't replace and can't be a substitute, a permanent substitute for how we were created. And so, yeah. um, Yeah. That's really good, man. Yeah. The physical will never fully be replaced by digital. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even think of like Paul, you know, when he was like, I'm going to write to you but I long to see you face to face. Oh, exactly. Like exactly. that was the modern day. TikTok was papyrus <laughs> and pen, you know, like that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like there's something about physical presence. The ministry of presence matters for Gen Z. Mm. Like presence with you as a leader being fully present, but then also just like a physical presence being in the room. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that. Now yeah. the digital world has all sorts of advantages that we can always explore, but, Face-to-face is something special. And that's yeah. how we're wired. And Gen right. Z is totally wired that way. Fiercely relational. Fiercely relational. Yeah, I like that description. Uh, so speaking of Gen Z, um, yeah. Barna is one of many uh, polling and study groups that provide great insight uh, for Gen Z and even Gen Alpha and everything, every, everyone coming behind them. You know, I've used Barna stuff in... Uh, Sunday morning content. I've used it for youth retreats, articles. Um, but being part of Alpha USA and really looking at how we can uh, equip students and resource them, but also the leaders, 
Jordan, yeah. uh, tell us what generational trends you're seeing with Barna, with other groups, with personal observation. What are things that you're sure. seeing that encourage you about how we can maximize our ministry opportunities with students, maybe especially in COVID? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. So, well, um, and for everyone listening, we just actually came out of this study called Reviving Evangelism of the Next Generation that studied 13 to 18-year-olds and their view of evangelism, what they think, um, what they're looking for. And one of the things that came out that was so encouraging, now, I don't know if this has come as a shock to youth ministers everywhere, but it's encouraging we have the hard data, <clears throat> is that many of Gen Z, they are having faith conversations with some of their non-Christian friends. Like actually 78%, 78% said, yeah, we are. We are having faith conversations with our friends who are non-Christian. And, and then when you studied, um, we studied the emotions that are involved in that conversation from Christians and non-Christians. The number one and number two emotion that, that surfaced was calm and peaceful. And all like this is, all of a sudden, faith conversations becomes a deep connection point for Gen Z. They're longing to have these spaces where they can have authentic conversations, to be real about the things that are happening in life, to be real about, is Jesus real or is he not? Is the Holy Spirit real or is he not? Like, did he actually feed 5,000 people or did he not? You know, they want to have those conversations in a real, authentic environment. And they are having that individually. And even What's more fascinating, it's not just a one-off either. Gen Z is entering into the journey of faith. So they're actually following up with their friends consistently on their continued spiritual journey. And that's quite encouraging for me because at Alpha, we, we talk about how like, yeah, create the table, the space where you can have open conversations, but then continually engage the journey from a, stu a student, a young person who's really far from Jesus maybe even hostile to Jesus and journey with them through all the steps that it takes for them to ultimately decide, yeah, Jesus is actually real. <laughs> this is real. Um, and, and Gen Z is postured in such a way to enter into that journey really, really, really well. Uh, in fact, I really think, and this isn't necessarily coming from the study, but this is just me, maybe more anecdotal, but I think this generation probably gets empathy and compassion at a level that every other generation needs to learn from. Mm. And they get the ability to listen really well. And listening is, is one of the greatest acts of love that we can do, for, especially now in the COVID. I mean, I can't tell you how many times it's like, just listen to each other. And Gen Z, they just have this natural bent of compassion and empathy and listening. And I think for us, as people who maybe are youth ministers, overseeing youth leaders, you know, trying to help other people figure this out, we need to take a posture listening to Gen Z. We have to. Because um, I think they're getting things that faster than the rest of us are. <laughs> and and they're like, so yeah, I'm really encouraged by some of this data that's coming out. One of the big shifts actually from millennial to Gen Z um, is this idea that when someone disagrees with you, it doesn't mean that they're judging you. Meaning... Gen Z is quite okay with multiple different opinions and beliefs being shared at a table. Yeah. And they actually like that. They want that because they want the genuine and real conversation. You know, I talked about how, you know, we need to press reset youth ministry. 
one of the core principles that I'm trying to roll the ball on is and this, again, this is not rocket science. Every youth minister is going to know this is this idea that we need to create the space for real, real conversations, the big topics, the kind of conversations and questions that like everyone feels like they can't ask in church, we need to be having in church. Um, we need to open that all up. And then the second pillar is like this idea of relational, enter into the journey. Um, discipleship and evangelism, two sides of the same coin. We just need to enter into the journey of following Jesus with one another. And Gen Z, they're just, they get this relational fabric and they want to do it. Um, I wonder sometimes how well we're equipping Gen Z to have these faith conversations. They're having them, but I'm, I'm wondering how well we do at equipping mm-hmm. them all to have it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's, those are kind of the, some of the things I'm seeing that are actually quite encouraging um, when it comes to Gen Z and evangelism. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're going after it. They're yeah. trying to pursue Jesus. They're doing the best. They're going to having conversations with their friends and, and, and entering into that relationship. I mean, they're genuinely, at least some of the Gen Z Christians that we chatted with, and they're doing well at loving God and loving others. Yeah. There is a remnant that's doing quite well. <laughs> yeah. And it's quite encouraging. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, just in hearing you talk about that, I'm connecting dots in my mind about how they are set up in a way that is really ideal for evangelism, really ideal for genuine, authentic, which that those two words are synonymous. And those are also really, really big with Gen Z. They can spot a fake from a mile away and they really want you to be real. They want authenticity, right? Even if it's, you know, I think they really champion flaws, they really champion scars and scratches and bumps and uh, because when they have those two, they want to make sure that they're not alone. And when we put on a mask, we put on a face of like, no, man, everything's good. You know, we put an Instagram yeah. filter on whatever life situation we're going through. Um, yeah. And which is also another irony um, is that this generation also is the major proponent of creating your own identity and persona online that is oftentimes very different or even opposite of how your real life is. Um, But when they have real life relationships because of how rare those, some of those can be, then they really focus in on, I want this to be real. I want this to be, you know, really, uh, to be able to see what's what's happening um and so uh you know them having a lot of friends who are in different places spiritually with different faiths world worldviews um oftentimes as you mentioned they've already kind of built into those friendships and relationships so when they do bring up things about their faith they're doing it in the context of an already established trusted relationship whereas when you and i were growing up you know, being told to go evangelize was like white knuckle, like hanging on like, oh, okay, well, I might lose all my friends because I've never really brought this up. And but as you to your to your first point, really, like 
the a lot of these students are already having these kind of conversations. And so to bring it up in yeah. the spirit of that conversation is nothing new, nothing original, nothing really out of the ordinary. And they're set up really well. God has strategically placed them really well. And it's a pretty cool step to begin from. Now, I'm really glad you're saying that because I 100% believe Gen Z, there will be a, I really do believe that there's going to be a revitalization that will happen. And I think Gen Z will be in the front lines as they just, because here's why, here's, I, I look across the country and I'm listening to youth ministers, chatting with students, and God is deepening this desire for real. And God is also deepening his desire for himself in Gen Z. And when I find that a Gen Z student discovers who Jesus is, it's almost as if they've yet to read John 10, 10, that you and I both know. We went to, you know, college, Bible colleges, you know, yeah. Jesus is like, I have come to give life and life to the full. And it's as if Gen Z, before even reading that, is like, I'm trying to figure out life and this all is terrible. But then they discover Jesus and they say, oh, this is real. This is full living. This is life. And then they turn around and they invite all their friends unashamedly. Like, hey, we're all trying to figure this out. Look, come, I found something. And I, I see that and I am so encouraged because it's like woman at the well all over again. Mm. We're like the whole town is coming to see, discuss, see if Jesus is for real or not. Now, I think for us as youth ministers, though, we have to create the space for the Holy Spirit to move. I have found that youth ministers are quite uncomfortable with abandoning the outcome. <laughs> now, I don't mean like go crazy, but youth ministers like me, yeah, quite uncomfortable with this idea of, okay, Holy Spirit, you come now. You do your thing. I'm handing over the mic to you. And I know that sounds kind of like, like, well, isn't that what we're supposed to do? But I actually found when I was in youth ministry, I could control the outcome. Like I really could. And I was quite content controlling the outcome because we were seeing like fruit, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it was the fruit. I don't know if it was the fruit that the Lord talks about. I mean, God was really good and kind and used everything I did. But man, what if? What if we as a church created space for the Holy Spirit to move? Like just became a practice for us. We said, come Holy Spirit. Because Gen Z is waiting for that, to taste life and life to the full. Um, so yeah, I do think that this generation is totally going to spring up and lead <laughs> lead in all sorts of profound ways. And we're actually start, starting to see it around the country too, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I think um, I, no, I went on a tangent is, there. <laughs> no, this is great. I feel like... Well, uh, you know, as, as you talk and maybe as I talk for you, like I keep thinking of like more things to bring up, right? I feel like we could talk for a long time about things. One thing I did want to mention real quick before I want to get back to a question I asked earlier. So when you talk yeah. about fruit and handing, I like that, handing the mic over, right? And mm. like I can control the outcome and things were good because I saw fruit and I saw advancement. And so that maybe even said, we'll see because I'm doing this, then it's good. And what it reminds me of is what like the the current hot thing that's trending with evangelicals, especially millennial, I feel like is the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast and how mm -hmm. um, it's easy to justify 
an unhealthy culture or unhealthy yeah. direction of things when you can justify it because you can point to results. Say, well, see, this is good. And so it's yeah. oof, like when we elevate someone's, it could be a youth worker, you know, when we elevate someone's ability before their character catches up with it, man, some bad yeah. things can happen. Um, but yeah. so I'll stop my tangent right there and go back to, so the, the very first question I asked you, you know, what are things that you're seeing? You talked about that and, you know, things that we're seeing, especially in COVID, right? You mentioned, you know, how we can leverage what's happening now. And also you mentioned for, for youth pastors and workers, like a big reset button was hit when it came to COVID. Yeah. So for us in ministry, certainly a reset button was hit as far as how, how we do ministry. Do you feel like uh, the pandemic, how it affected our students and how a reset button was hit for them? How do you feel like these students trying to figure out what it means to live life post COVID, you know, how, how, how are they set up to maybe because of that, being able to have faith conversations that they weren't able to have before? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even here in Holland, there was a youth minister that came up to me and so these students had basically decided to go seek the Lord themselves and because it couldn't come together and they just basically worship, prayed, sought the Lord. And they saw their numbers grow dramatically and they would go meet in the woods. <laughs> and, uh, and one of the youth ministers came to me and was talking about how, well, now we have to change all our programming because there's this deep desire for real things. Like they're like, he was like, okay, I'm going to say this, but I'm going to qualify it too. He was talking to me. He's like, games, get rid of them. We don't need them anymore. He's like, the students like, get rid of those. We don't want those anymore. And, and then it was, uh, then it was like, Hey, it's always the same format all the time. Like, um, come food, mingling <laughs> announcements, worship, teaching small group. It's like, we don't want the same thing. Like we want the real thing. Like we want to experience God. We want to lean in. And I'm going to qualify the game thing real fast. I think sometimes ga- we can allow games to become the culture when yeah. games is not the point. Ga- yes. Games is meant to further and perpetuate the relational culture. I think games can be really powerful when done well, but games have one of those like toxic things where it can actually become the point when it's not the point at all. Mm-hmm. A lot of times youth ministries, youth ministers fall into that where we do these wild and crazy games and that's what we're known for, which is just, I mean, but yeah, anyway, so (laughs) the, but I think what was happening and it's kind of go back to your question is the students, again, the desire, the deep desire for real encounters with Jesus is, is quite heightened right now. And, and when I say that evangelism discipleship, two sides of the same coin, they're going out there talking about faith because they're experiencing Jesus as they talk to their friends about Jesus. They're praying for their friends to come to know him. And all of a sudden, like Jesus is coming through for them in some unique, profound way. And, and I think Gen Z is just leaning in saying, this is real. I think of like, you know, when Jesus sent out the 72 disciples and said, hey, you go proclaim the kingdom. And they all came back and they said, Jesus, even the demons were falling in your name, you know. 
you can hear it in their voices when you're reading the text about they're like, wow, this is real. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like Gen Z is right now say, this is real. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think for us as the church, we got to get behind it. So like, man, do student-led alphas. Let your students go run alpha. You don't have to be in charge. Let them go. When it's like, create the space um, for them to seek the Lord and to come Holy Spirit. Like, why not? And I think for us, like right now, there is such a desire, even for those who are not following Jesus, to have a judgment-free space, to have real conversations for young people to feel listened to um, by their friends and by others. And we could do that. Like, we should be known as the most loving people group. Yeah, mm-hmm. we really should. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's the case right now, but we should be known for how loving we are. Yeah, man, I've I've definitely spent many hours on previous episodes talking about why and how that's not the case right now, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, man, uh, I see. Okay. Yeah, so no, you're, gonna, you're yeah. totally right, man. You're totally right. So... Yeah, let's. I mean, I'm sure you've talked about some or most of it already, but uh, tell us about the specific strategy that Alpha is using right now yeah. uh, to capitalize maybe on these trends, but really how you're helping youth leaders be healthy, feel supported, and how you're yeah. encouraging them to reach out to students to do ministry. What are you guys doing at Alpha to make that happen? Yeah, you know, I, well, for, let me talk to the youth minister first. I would say this, like building the church is not on you. That's on Jesus. Woo. Preach. So, yeah. You know, and that's, um, I was drifted into that lie when I was in youth ministry. Mm. We saw thousands and thousands of students come to the ministry because I was building the church. <laughs> but then you got to know, like, Jesus builds this church. We get to partner in the work that the Holy Spirit's already doing. And that is such a privilege. Mm -hmm. So it's not on you, youth minister. And and hopefully that comes across as like, lift up the burden. Like we're meant to do this with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I don't think Jesus at the end is just going to be like, well, how many students came to youth ministry? (laughs) I think he's going to say, hey, how well did you love the students I put with you? How well did you love me in the process? Did we do it together? And I think for us as youth ministers, Jesus is building his church. We have to have eyes to see how he's building his church and then get alongside of him mm-hmm. and do it with him. That's right. So that's us as youth ministers, okay? Now, as I've rethought that paradigm, you know, because that's a, that's a huge paradigm shift for me. Um, as I look across the country now, what's happening in Gen Z is, is this genuine rise in young people having faith conversations. And it's also this genuine rise in this wanting and desire for this judgment-free space of listening. And this is the space that alphas creates. And, and so like, this is almost feels like and I wish someone else was saying this because, of course, the alpha guy would say this, you know, like, but it almost feels like alpha was made for Gen Z. As I look at it, it just looks, oh my, it's like all the things that are core of alpha, Gen Z naturally hangs on to. Hmm. 
this deep desire for real relationships, enter the relational journey, this deep desire for the presence of the Lord, encountering the Holy Spirit, encountering Him. And then also this idea of empowering others is woven into Alpha. And it's like, this is what they do. I mean, this is naturally what they do. And so I'm looking out and I want to make sure I'm remembering your question accurately because I think I just went on a tangent here, but I, I just see this generation longing for purpose. And I see the Lord saying, you go out and you proclaim the kingdom and you see what I can do with you. And I see sometimes youth ministers who um, don't know how to get behind that. Mm. And I want to say really loud and clear, youth minister, youth leader, your role matters so much. God has you exactly where he has you for such a time as this. I think he's picked the right crew. He really has. He always does. Um, maybe ask for fresh eyes to see where the spirit's moving and the courage to jump in wherever that is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a very scary thing to ask for. But if we do, I think God will reveal, Hey, this is where I'm going. Come on in, you know? And then we get to experience a different kind of fruit that I think the Holy spirit wants us to experience. So hopefully that answered your question, man. I'm not sure if I did or didn't, but no. Yeah, no, it sounds like alpha is really, I love, how you're seeing the dots connect and almost saying that like the way alpha's built it's almost prophetic and like we were made really to champion this next generation yeah. really lift them up and really show everybody hey you know this this next generation and how complicated things are with 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 them and how they're built differently how they react differently you know it's um they're the biggest generation in history they also have the shortest attention span in history <laughs> yeah generation. yeah they do right yeah eight, fun, fun eight, times. uh and, and this in in saying this number it even seems too long but eight seconds yeah. is it but i feel like after three seconds of a youtube video not loading they're on to the next you know youtube <laughs> and you know it, when i when i tell them hey um the internet that's commonly available now was literally, this isn't an exaggeration, it was literally 300 times slower than when I was your age. And and a a website like ESPN or whatever else with what we we would now consider archaic graphics would take minutes, plural, minutes to load. So, um, like, imagine if that was the case now, man, kids would be throwing their phones into the forest or the lake like no other... (laughs) Uh, but yeah, there's so much potential with these students. There is. And, uh, it's really exciting to see that. And, so, and, yeah. and then even for the youth minister too, to think beyond your youth group, I think we all were in youth ministry because we want some young people come to know Jesus, but then we also realize the potential of a Gen Z generation that's encountered the Lord and what that means for the church as a whole. Mm. We know we've seen it. We're on the front lines. When it, when a youth ministry and a church like fully comes alive and the young people are like coming alive and experiencing the church is just revitalized in unique ways. It really is. You know, I was reading this verse the other day, I think it was Psalm 148 where 
the generation will proclaim to the other generation the mighty works the king that Jesus does. Mm-hmm. Guys, we're getting there. I think we're getting there where we can see Gen Z proclaimed to millennials and created boomers and Gen Xers the mighty things that he's doing. And you know what it is right now? I see God trading anxiety for peace all the time. Deep mm-hmm. peace. I see God renewing and restoring people's lives all the time. And we can begin to amplify this and say, hey, Gen Z, tell your story to the other generations of what's happening. And then I think we can watch as the church builds bridges generationally um, and becomes revitalized. Yeah. There's something really special about Gen Z, guys. Like there really is. And I'm really anticipating exciting for the next five, 10 years because I think we're going to start walking into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Come back. and we have a front, we have a front window view of that, and uh, we do. It'd be exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, bro, uh, for you know, for our listeners, can we give them a quick takeaway? Let's say that they've been zoning out until now. You know, what's a <laughs> what's a what's a one minute or less nutshell of what we've talked about about how youth workers can revitalize their strategy of ministry, Mm. what would it be? Mm. Yeah. Well, one thing. It could be multiple things, but like in one minute or less, like, well, how would you you Um, summarize? Here's what you can do to help your ministry. Yeah. The one thing, first thing that comes to mind, my heart right away is listening is a skill set that is absolutely necessary, but it's not a skill set that we necessarily grow up with. Mm. So we have to have professional counselors come and teach us and other leaders yep. how to yep. listen well. Yep. Um, you have one in your area. Just invite a counselor in and say, hey, help us listen better. So that's the first thing. The second thing is Take risks and empower your young people. Let them go, you know, get behind them. And I think this generation is asking for people like us to say that we're with them, whether they succeed or fail. Yeah. A lot of times I think they feel, Gen Z feels as if, well, they're with me as long as I succeed. Mm -hmm. But if I fail, they're not. They need to hear us literally say, we're with you, whether you succeed or fail. Because guess what? It's not on us. It's not, Jesus builds his church. Yeah. We just get to partner with him. And and I didn't get to where I'm at by never failing. Totally. <laughs> and this is like, hey, guys, this is what we do. And then the third thing, too, and this is the, probably, I, I would say this one is like, I know it's not controversial, but this is the one for me that was huge. I was just absolutely missing. Um, enter into what it means to have a prayer ministry. A lot of times I prayed just for transitions on and off stage, right? <laughs> I prayed at people, but I didn't have a ministry of prayer. The prayer ministry is vital to the church and it's vital to Gen Z. Prayer ministry is when we get to meet people's needs out of God's resources. And God says plenty of resources to meet Gen Z's needs right now. And we need to lean into that space. We have to. We need to, prayer is way more than, than I think 
I'll speak for myself. Prayer was, was way more than what I gave it credit for when I was in the ministry, youth ministry for a long time. We need to discover prayer ministry and lean in. We have to, because Gen Z is longing for something very real. Uh, the tangible presence of the Lord and prayer ministry could be one of the things that I think could be electric for this generation. Yeah. Love it. So learn to listen, take risks, get behind your students. And what was the third thing you just said? (laughs) (laughs) Prayer ministry, prayer ministry. Yeah. Prayer ministry. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, Yes, dude. Love it. Love it. As, as you can, you can probably tell by now, like taking the summer off, I've gotten rusty in how I even talk to people. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, man. dude, you're great, uh, man. Dude, thank you so much. This has been this has been great. A lot of nuggets of wisdom, encouraging to me. Certainly, I think encouraging for our leaders. Uh, before we wrap up, tell us where we can connect with you online, or we can connect with what Alpha is doing. Yeah. So, if you want to connect with Alpha, you can just go to alphausa.org. Um, and you'll be able to see you can get everything there if you want to check out what the Alpha's doing. Uh, Instagram, you can follow me, Jordan Berry, B I E R E. Guys, I'm not worth following. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's really not worth following. Come on, follow. man, come on. No, I'm not, I don't post anything. So, um, but then you can also follow Alpha on, on Instagram as well. I can give you all the handles and everything if you want, Jeff. Cool, that sounds but, good. Yeah, I will, I'll, I'll put those in the in in the wrap-up for sure but yeah uh yeah dude jordan thanks so much for joining me today and uh may god bless your ministry with alpha and uh that we can all work together as youth workers to really capitalize and leverage on whatever circumstances are happening including covid to maximize our ministry and really help advance the kingdom thanks again bro yeah yeah thanks that concludes today's episode Thanks again to Jordan for hopping on with me. Everything he mentioned about Alpha and his personal contact information is in the show notes. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And if you have watched it on YouTube, make sure and subscribe to that YouTube channel. We have all of our episodes on YouTube starting this season. And there is a special YouTube-only segment called the Fantastic Friday Five. And the first one is this Friday. So you don't want to miss that. Head over to YouTube to catch that. All of our episodes, show notes, a comprehensive list of our guests, organizations to help you in ministry, and a store to support the podcast can be found on our website, youthministrymaverick.com. Also, If you leave us a review, not just a rating, but a review on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot of it before you hit submit, send it to me, letting me know that you've also subscribed, and I will send you a personal thank you card with some merchandise that you can't buy on the store as a thank you. It helps us to get the podcast more seen by other people. Well, that's it for now. I hope you have a great week. Catch us on YouTube on Friday, and until then, adios.